This is the Italian Citizenship Podcast, hosted by Marco Permunian and Rafael Di Furia. Hello there and welcome to another episode of the Italian Citizenship Podcast, presented by ItalianCitizenshipAssistance.com. Of course, we are back at it again with Italian attorney Marco Permunian. How are you doing today? Good, how are you? I am doing great, thank you. And of course, I'm Rafael Di Furia. And today, we wanted to talk about maybe some of the initial stages that a person should think about before the whole jumping into looking to get Italian citizenship. There are some aspects that you may want to take into consideration, such as how much research should you do? How much do you want to hand off? How much do you already know? And some some genealogical aspects, because that's a very big part of being able to make a claim for Italian citizenship by descent. But Marco, Let's just jump into this. And if somebody has already done a significant amount of research, like really they've gone deep into the deep end, but maybe for whatever reason they couldn't find documentation um, of any sort, maybe even not even documentation to prove naturalization, is that enough of a basis to get started from? Because I know, for example, making sure that you show that your ancestor either never naturalized or naturalized at the right time is a major factor in this process process. Yeah, as you just said, um, whether or not the ancestor became naturalized is extremely relevant for the process because it, it will determine or it may determine whether or not you qualify for Italian citizenship. And we have gone over this requirement multiple times in our uh, videos. Basically, if your ancestor that you plan on using became naturalized before uh, the next one in the Italian line was born, then that same ancestor was unable to transfer their citizenship onto the child. The reason being that the ancestor was no longer an Italian citizen. Um, in fact, prior to 1992, under Italian law, the voluntary naturalization in another country automatically caused the loss of Italian citizenship. So if the ancestor in question became naturalized before the, the child was born in the foreign country, then the ancestor itself was unable to pass their citizenship. But on, on the other hand, if the ancestor became naturalized after the birth of the child, who was born in a foreign country, then the ancestor was able to transfer their citizenship onto the child. So the child was born with dual citizenship American, of course, if we're talking about somebody who was born in the U.S., and Italian uh, by, by descent. So determining whether the ancestor was ever naturalized and when exactly the ancestor was naturalized was, uh, is absolutely crucial in determining uh, eligibility for Italian citizenship. So let's say somebody has done extensive research and you know it, it looks like it appears that the ancestor never became naturalized uh, whether it's a research done online very extensively on the many databases that um, are available online like ancestry.com or familysearch.org or, or, or maybe somebody went to the county or the local courts and there is no no evidence that the ancestor uh, ever uh, naturalized well that doesn't necessarily mean that the ancestor actually never naturalized because we have encountered you know in the many years of experience a number of cases where the, when the ancestor actually did become naturalized but under an alias or a slightly different name or maybe there was an, an official or an unofficial name change uh, and the ancestor became naturalized under the new name and that's why it's not easy to locate 
the uh, naturalization records. Uh, or maybe it was just a slight misspelling in the name or maybe the date of birth was recorded incorrectly and now it's, it's more difficult to find the naturalization records. So the bottom line is the simple fact that you are unable to find naturalization records doesn't necessarily mean that the ancestor never became naturalized. But, uh, but then it all comes down to how do I prove whether or not my ancestor became naturalized. And what the consulate considers to be satisfactory evidence is a letter, so a legal document, from the Department of State, uh, the United States uh, Citizenship and Immigration Services, also known as USCIS, and the National Archives, so NERA, um, letters from both those entities indicating that they have conducted extensive research and that they cannot locate any naturalization records for uh, the ancestor uh, in question. So those legal documents are considered um, as sufficient evidence by the consulate uh, that the ancestor never naturalized. And by sufficient evidence, I mean sufficient evidence uh, in terms of entities that hold naturalization records in the U.S. that confirm that there is no naturalization. But then to be completely sure that your ancestor never naturalized, uh, the consulate does require one more piece of evidence, and that would be a census record. Again, after the birth of the uh, next person in the Italian line, confirming that the ancestor was not naturalized at that time, uh, the census records do indicate, uh, in most cases, the naturalization of the people, the naturalization status of the people listed in the census record itself. And there are normally three options. Either somebody is listed as NA, which means naturalized, or AL, which means alien, or PA, which means uh, that the papers to become a citizen, a U.S. citizen, were being processed, but the person was not yet a U.S. citizen. So if the census record proves that the, the ancestor was either in the process of becoming a citizen or was not a U.S. citizen, and the census was taken after the birth of the child, that's the last piece of the puzzle that the consulate wants to see to, to make sure that your ancestor uh, did not become naturalized before the child of the ancestor was born in a foreign country. Fascinating. And so it's so I guess in short, the answer to the question would be that having no proof is not sufficient. You have to have proof of no proof, if, if, if that maybe can be phrased like that. But um, I'm just curious also, because there's another aspect of kind of going through the genealogy, getting documents, and that's also from the Italian side. And so, for example, um, Portale Antenati is one place where a lot of people will look for vital record documents. And so, for example, if somebody finds documents or records that have been posted on this website, are the images of those sufficient for the Italian citizenship process? Generally, one of the most important documents that people have to collect as part of this process is the certificate of birth of the ancestor that you intend to use to apply for Italian citizenship by descent. And uh, people will probably be surprised to, to hear that the Italian record keeping system was very good uh, starting from 1861. Uh, in some cities, 
the the record keeping system became very good between 1861 and 1871 so after the unification of italy basically which happened in 1861 the italian towns started to keep records in a very good way so people will be probably surprised to hear that it's fairly easy to locate uh, a great-grandparent's birth certificate from an Italian municipality, even if the birth certificate was recorded in the late 1800. It is a little bit more difficult, but absolutely not impossible to locate a uh, record of birth, uh, primarily in the form of uh, a certificate of baptism for somebody who was born before 1861, because back then uh, the churches were the uh, entities that were actually keeping records of birth. And certificate of baptism have legal uh, value for people who were born uh, before the Italian towns were keeping their registries of birth. But once you have identified the certificate of birth or the certificate of baptism uh, online, if it's posted online, which happens quite frequently because many Italian municipalities, many Italian towns have published their records uh, in online portals, such as the one you just mentioned, antenati.it. So once you have located the birth certificate online, uh, can you use such birth certificate that you maybe printed out uh, to apply for citizenship? The answer is, unfortunately, no because you need a certified copy issued by the municipality itself. In Italy, there is no centralized system where you can just ask one single office to issue your ancestor's birth certificate. You need to go to the town where the birth happened, or you need to send them an email or some sort of communication, asking them to release to you a certified copy, meaning a copy signed by the clerk of the town, which then has legal value. So in other words, you can't use a photocopy or a printout of a birth certificate that you found online to apply for Italian citizenship. You will need to obtain a certified copy. How do you obtain it? Well, normally it's easier if you visit the municipality in person, uh, but a lot of municipalities will also send records through the mail to people residing abroad. However, in some cases, the municipality um, might find it more difficult or more expensive to send a document through the mail to somebody who's residing abroad. So in those cases, it's probably worthwhile using uh, a professional located in Italy like ItalianCitizenshipAssistance.com to act as your intermediary. A quick question, though, about birth certificates. Uh, are those considered to be public records? Do you have to have a, a, a provable connection with a person? How, or do you have to demonstrate anything? Or can basically anybody uh, make a request for a, a birth certificate from the country? Some municipalities will ask for proof of relationship between you yourself and the ancestor, uh, those are, though, very rare cases. In most cases, the municipality is okay with an affidavit, a self-declaration through which you basically self-declare that that's your ancestor. And of course, if you are using somebody located in Italy to obtain the document, you will also give that person some sort of authorization, written authorization to communicate with the municipality on your behalf. There are also municipalities that will just issue uh, these records that are 
uh, older than a, than a certain number of years to, to anybody. So in those cases, it would be possible basically for anybody to collect the document from the town. Interesting to hear about how that works. And uh, another question from your professional opinion, having worked in this area for a number of years already, do you think that it is possible for somebody from outside of Italy to get documents and to go through all of these um, these processes on their own to be able to gather what's necessary? Technically, yes. However, it might prove to be very difficult for somebody who doesn't speak Italian who or who is not familiar with the Italian system to obtain records that are that old, especially if they're handwritten. Sometimes it's difficult even for Italian professionals who are not used to reading these documents to, to understand the content. So while it's theoretically possible, it would probably be much easier to use the expertise of a professional in Italy, not only a professional base in Italy, but somebody who is uh, well-versed with the uh, citizenship process and then ins and out of the process and the research that is necessary uh, sometimes to locate these older documents. Yeah, I can say that I, I know of situations with individuals trying to go for just a, a regular kind of off the street person to try and help them get some of these documents. But also, if you don't understand how some of the older documents were written and how they were put together, then I know many people will find that challenging and even just on those handwritten old documents to begin with, sometimes the handwriting alone can be a major challenge uh, when trying to understand what is even on that paper and if it's the correct person at the correct time, at the correct date. And uh, especially if you don't have all of the dates 100%, um, like you were mentioning, having somebody who is versed well enough within the system to be able to understand, okay, if this is not the way that I've been given the information, then maybe there's an extra kind of knowledge base there to be able to uh, rely on so that, okay, maybe if it's not listed in this way, maybe there's another commonality. That's why I, I think just to kind of expand on what you were saying, that it's really important to be familiar with not only the Italian system now, but also the Italian system, how it was and how both of them end up relating to each other. But uh, another question for you, how much work for you as a service provider do you prefer that your clients do? How much knowledge do they need to have before getting in contact with ItalianCitizenshipAssistance.com or do they need any at all? So let me start by saying that we offer a free preliminary not only consultation but also assessment of the case. So all of our clients they can basically talk to us for free one or multiple times. We offer Zoom calls, phone calls um, to answer all of the questions that they might have about the process, about the services, the fees. But also we um, allow them and ask them actually to fill out a form uh, with all of the information that they have about their uh, family line, the Italian family line and our um, family chart, that's how we call it. It's basically um, a form that requires you to enter the information from the Italian ancestor who was born in Italy all the way down to yourself, the applicant. And we ask to include also the information about the spouses of the ancestors in the Italian line. And somebody may think now, okay, wow, that's a lot of information. But actually, we're very clear with our clients, potential clients, that they don't have to fill out that form uh, completely. 
And also, even if they have very few information, that's most likely going to be enough for us to determine eligibility for Italian citizenship, of course. The more information that you provide, the easier it will be for us to collect the remaining information and to determine eligibility. But we have had situations where the client didn't really know much about the grandparents and maybe nothing about the great-grandparents. Uh, maybe the client uh, has only information about the parents and maybe knows very little about the grandparents. And we've had a number of situations like that. And we were able, uh, through the help of our genealogy team and uh, with the help of the many databases that we have access to, to fill in the blanks, connect the dots, and we come to an understanding of uh, what happened, who was who, who moved where. Uh, there are a lot of documents that you can cross-reference to fill in the blanks. For example, we use a lot of uh, shipping manifests uh, that indicate where a person was emigrating from, where that person was going. Maybe that person was going to the sister, maybe to the brother-in-law. And the, the shipping manifests normally indicate where the person was coming from in Italy, um, the port of arrival in the US, uh, the profession of the person, which is then reflected in other documents that we come across, like marriage records or, or uh, death certificates, and also other documents that we normally use are draft cards that, again, indicate the place of birth in Italy or the area of birth in Italy and the profession in America, or again, census records that normally include the occupation of the person listed in the census, the relationship between that person and other people in the same household or in the same house. And by connecting all of those pieces of information, we're normally able to build uh, retroactively the family tree of a person that didn't have much information to begin with. That's really amazing that you guys offer that as a free service and that you have that there uh, with no obligation as well, because I know you guys go into a lot of detail and, and many times weeks, if not more than a month of work to be able to make sure that before any finances have been exchanged for your services, that you guys are very certain of the person's status um, and, and that it will be a positive outcome. I think it's a very responsible thing to do and it's really wonderful. Even in one of the testimonials uploaded to your YouTube channel uh, by uh, Joe Manginelli, who had some wonderful things to say about uh, your, you and your team and, and the work that you guys did, he was very impressed uh, by especially this aspect of the process and how much work was done and how you guys had even um, gone into not just going into his family line, but that originally it seemed as though he was thinking that there was nothing possible for him and that the line may have been broken, but that you apparently said to him that, no, hold on, wait, let's look at the rest of the family and go into it. So this is why it's important to have uh, somebody who's really well-educated on how this works and to be able to know where to look and what other options can become available uh, just because uh, sometimes there are things that are very small details that make the biggest difference at the end of the day with this process. And just as the last question for this episode, uh, as an example, say somebody maybe has done all of the research or maybe their family kept really amazing records and they have all of the documentation already necessary and or they maybe know all of the, the, the places and birth dates and this and that and the other. What services do ItalianCitizenshipAssistance.com offer to individuals who maybe have already done all the research or want to do the research on their own? 
Well, the research is, of course, a very important part of the process. There is also one more very important part of the process, which is making sure that all the documents are issued in the correct format. There are normally several formats uh, of, for example, a birth certificate. You could get a transcript, you could get a long form, you could have wallet size, a short form. So understanding which is the document that the consulate wants is not easy. And also you will need to make sure, which is also very important, that your documents include information that have not many discrepancies and inconsistencies. For example, if your uh, grandfather's birth certificate lists one date of birth, but then his marriage record lists a slightly different date of birth, that might need that information might need to be uh, corrected. So that's also a very important part of the process to make sure that you provide the consulate with documentation that have consistent information. Otherwise, the consulate may have doubts about the identity of the individuals in your Italian line. And also it goes without saying that it's very important to put together the application for the consulate or the municipality if you're applying to the Italian municipality or the court in a very good way. So it's important to package the information uh, perfectly and also to provide all the forms that are necessary, uh, perfectly filled out and exactly how the consulate or municipality or court wants them. Well, Marco, thank you so much for answering these questions. And of course, if somebody is needing help with especially that part of the process to make sure that all of the documents that they have are in the right format and all of the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed, or maybe they need help with getting the documents from the beginning, or maybe they need to help understanding who their family is, how can they get in contact with you and your team at ItalianCitizenshipAssistance.com? People can contact us through our website or give us a call. The number is on our website. Well, absolutely fantastic. And of course, if you're interested in more information about Italian citizenship by descent through marriage or residency, make sure that you're subscribed to this YouTube channel as well as the audio only podcast where we go into further detail about these topics. But of course, if you're subscribed to the YouTube channel, that means you are also automatically subscribed to the Italian real estate podcast where we talk about some of the practical aspects of making your home by purchasing property in Italy, renting in Italy, relocating to Italy, and where to relocate to Italy. And also, if you're interested in more information about living abroad, life abroad as a dual citizen expat and all these related topics, be sure to come over to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Rafael Furia, or you can find the audio only podcast through your favorite podcasting platform of choice by searching for Not Your Average Globetrotter, where I get into some of these topics and talk about some of the daily realities of being a dual citizen expat abroad. But Mr. Marco Permunian, thank you so much for making yourself available for this episode of the Italian Citizenship Podcast presented by ItalianCitizenshipAssistance.com. I'm Rafael Di Furia. Stay safe and healthy out there and we will see you all next time. Later. Thank you. <laughs>